Welcome back for another episode of the Leader of Learning podcast. This is where educators can come to find inspiration to transform education through effective leadership. I'm your host, Dan Krinas. Let's get started. We're seeing things like students who score 10% better. We're seeing a decrease in student behaviors that are non-desirable behaviors. We're seeing a decrease in classroom management issues. We're seeing an increase for minority students and for special education students. Hey, Leader of Learning. Welcome back to the Leader of Learning podcast, a proud member of the On Podcast Media Network. And at the top of the show, you heard from our guest in this episode, Susan Riley. And she threw out some interesting facts and figures. And you might be asking yourself the question, what does it all mean? Well, today we're talking about arts integration. That is the answer to the question. That is why we are seeing a decrease in negative student discipline problems and an increase in student performance. But before we get there, I just wanted to remind you one more time that all of these episodes are recorded in full and the unedited video versions of each podcast episode can be found on the YouTube channel. If you're not yet subscribed to the Leader of Learning channel on YouTube, please visit leaderoflearning.com slash YouTube. So thanks in advance for checking that out. And I'm really excited to bring you this episode. In the episode, you'll hear me tell Susan that I had basically two reasons why I was fascinated by this topic of arts integration. One was the fact that I grew up as a musician and I know how much it benefited me as a student to be involved in the arts and to also have the arts involved in my coursework and in so much of my studies in school. Secondly, if your school is anything like mine, maybe you're making a big push toward project-based learning and STEAM and all of the things that come with moving education and instruction in this direction. I was very happy to have the opportunity to speak to Susan. She is the founder and CEO of the Institute for Arts Integration and STEAM. I know you're going to get a lot out of this interview and my conversation with Susan, so here it is. Okay, well, I'm happy to welcome on to this episode Susan Riley, who is the co-founder and CEO of the Institute for Arts Integration and STEAM, focuses on teacher professional development, arts integration, of course, uh, integrating and, and aligning Common Core State Standards, 21st century learning skills. And uh, and sort of my favorite part in all of this is that STEAM component. Uh, and, and as much as I just gave you at least a little bit of an interview, Susan, if you could um, expand upon that and, and let us know who you are, where you are, what you do. Of course, Dan, thank you so much for having me on. Um, I am a former music teacher. So I taught K-5 uh, at both Title I school and another really small affluent school. So a couple of different experiences there and then moved into central office. And during that time period kind of came across arts integration, if you will, during my, my master's program in administration and uh, got hooked into all of the ways that arts integration can benefit students and ended up becoming the first arts integration specialist in Maryland for a county school system, which was phenomenal. And during that process, started a blog 
uh, just random blog to kind of share with people what was working and what wasn't. And that's what has turned into the Institute for Arts Integration and STEAM. We now serve over 800,000 educators a year uh, with conferences and trainings and, and support. And so it's an exciting time, I think, for education and a, a challenging time too, but it's it's a, a wild ride to be a part of. And I'm excited that we can help teachers Im- embed more creativity into their classrooms. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I kind of wanted to back up for a second because you said you were in what, what I would consider to be a very intriguing position before s- this stuff sort of snowballed and spiraled out of control. No, uh, in, in a really great way. You were an arts integrationist. Can you just explain like what what is that? What does someone in that role do? I mean, I know some sometimes in districts they have director like we I'm in a pretty large district. We have a director of the arts, I don't know, that's not her exact title, but is it is it something like that? Um, kind of. So an arts integration specialist can take on a lot of different roles, if you will. There are some schools who have them embedded within the school, and then there are districts who have them at a dif- district level, like what I was a part of. And so essentially, an arts integration specialist helps to um, embed arts integrated instruction into the classroom. Uh, And so they help train teachers in how to use arts integration strategies. They help develop um, arts integrated curricula, if you will, to be able to embed those strategies within the curriculum. Um, And they really help to develop resources that are going to be able to take what you're currently doing and what your requirements are as a part of that curriculum and weave them in and through the arts using standards-based alignments. So um, it's a fun job. It's never the same (laughs) any single day of the week. I learned so much about the actual act of creativity just by being an arts integration specialist. Um, Dan, you know, we have an arts integration certification program for Uh, people who want to train to be arts integration specialists. And so we have 250 alumni at this point, and 90% of them are working as an arts integration specialist. So it's definitely, it's it's definitely a thing, if you will. And just to be, be, yeah, that's really cool. I I appreciate that actually very much. Just to be clear, when you say we have a certification program, that's your, that's the the organization that you run? Yeah. So it's fully accredited by the International Association for Continuing Education and Training. So it's internationally accredited. We have people from over 35 countries, including the US, Canada, Australia, um, from all over the world, really, who are a part of it. Uh, and so, yeah, this is our fourth year uh, offering that program. And it's it's just been phenomenal to watch what these people are able to do. That's really awesome. I, I'm fascinated, actually, in, in a couple of ways. And and I'm going to, you know, in full transparency for my audience, um, we were sort of set up on what my friend Brad Schreffler, who is another podcaster, calls like a podcasting blind date. Um, <laughs> but I but I excitedly accepted because, and I'll tell you why, for two reasons. One, I am a musician and I um, grew up playing music. I went to college for music. Uh, technically, I'm certified to teach music in the state of New York. Um, I've never used it. I've not actually taught under that certification, but I have it. Um, and I'm also fascinated and, and excited to talk to you because, and I just mentioned this on my most recent episode that came out with uh, George Valenzuela, who is uh, really for, for all intents and purposes, a, a STEAM uh, specialist and, and, and 
project-based learning. And, and one of the things I talked to him about was that my school is actually going to a STEAM model. We're going to become a, a STEAM, K-8 to STEAM school in another two school years. And clearly, uh, arts integration is a big part of that. I'm on a team that is working toward piloting some of this project-based learning. And one of the things that has come up from an arts teacher is how involved uh, that teacher feels like they need to be in the whole process. And I don't think anyone denies that, but just as a reminder about like, hey, the A in STEAM is arts and we need the art, the music, you know, per- performing arts, fine arts teachers to be involved in that. So I guess I was just wondering if you could weigh in on just, um, first of all, like how important that is in in the mix, in the fold of, of education and the way that education is moving. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could I could talk about this all day. So I'm, you're going to have to rein me in just a little bit. <laughs> okay. but, so the idea of STEAM itself, when we talk about STEAM schools, the trouble with STEAM right now is that it's kind of in an identity crisis. Like, what does that mean? Because some schools are using the A as agriculture. Some are using the A as arts. Um, is it really, there's a question of, are the arts trying to steal some of the um, money that is aside for STEM, right? There's a lot of questions that surround that. And so the idea of STEAM, I think really that makes the most sense um, and that is really grounded in the research is the idea that we're integrating across those content areas of science, technology, the engineering, the arts, and math, right? And that has to be based in standards. So it can't just be a Lego lab and it can't just be a makerspace. Um, and it can't be having a steam night um, where just one or two things are facilitated, right? There's It's an intentional connection across all of those content areas in order to deepen student learning. And so the arts are a big component of that. And one of the big concerns from arts educators is always going to be, one, um, what's my role in this, right? Like, how big of a part should I play? And two, if our school moves in this direction, does that mean that they're going to try to replace me or that there is going to be a STEAM class and no longer an art class or a music class? And at the core of it, really at the heart of it, the arts educators are like the MVPs, right? They're the ones who are able to to pull these subjects together in a unique way. And to help us develop that divergent thinking, which is at the core of what creativity is. So in terms of a STEAM effort or an arts integration effort, I am never a proponent of using one of these in place of arts teaching. In fact, I think if you're going to move in that direction, you need to have more arts classes because the kiddos need to be able to get those discrete skills that you learn in the arts classes. And then the STEAM component comes in when they're trying to put it together, when they're trying to apply the learning, that highest level of blooms that we want them to achieve. They can't apply that learning if they've not had it, right? So we wouldn't expect them to be able to apply math if they've never had that math skill that we're trying to work on. And the same is true for the arts. So I have a I have a question based on something that you just said. Um, you know, I I guess I'm wondering. Ideally, um, I, I know, I know, ide- well, all right, maybe not. Ideally, you've already said that you want more arts classes, but let's, you know, realistically speaking, uh, school budgets and politics, you know, we, you know how it goes. Um, let's say we can't get more arts classes, then what? You know, it, and I guess the reason I ask is because I, I, I have gotten the impression from 
the arts teachers who have been involved in in the teams that are piloting this this project based learning and helping us move toward the STEM model or STEAM, I should say. Sorry, just to forget the A. Um, <laughs> that that it's difficult for them as the content experts to see these other you know non arts teachers be asked to integrate it into their projects and into their classes. So I guess I'm I'm wondering. All right. Ideally, we want more arts classes, more related arts and, and, and uh, electives. But if we if we can't have that, like what's the next best option and alternative? Right. So the next best option is to at least hold steady with what we've got. Right. No cuts if we can. Um, also, it's really important to keep in mind that there is a budget there. So Title II and Title IV funds under the new ESSA law actually provide funding specifically for uh, STEAM and arts integrated efforts. Um, so it's important to keep that in mind too. Uh, but again, if we can't add more, we certainly want to at least keep it the same. And then it's just a matter of leveraging your time and figuring out who does what in this process. So for example, if, if we're having, if we keep everything steady and we keep the arts teachers where we're at and we still have the budget for that, right, then allow those teachers to teach the arts for art's sake because they are the expert in that content area. And then bring the application together in the classroom where we're taking that time to apply the learning. And I know that classroom teachers do not have enough time. None of us have it, right? None of us have enough time to get through what we're, what we're trying to get through. Um, but there's a key aspect of integration that for STEAM or for arts integration that a lot of people don't know about. And that is when you take a look at your curriculum. First of all, STEAM or arts integration is not something that is going to happen every day or that is going to happen, you know, in a prescribed way all the time. Um, it happens where it makes the most sense for the application to happen, right? And so with that, we take a look at the curriculum and we find those areas that take multiple days to teach and reteach, and that are the key areas of struggle for students. So you know that math skill that's going to take you five days to teach because it just doesn't click on the first try, right? Um, you know where those areas are in the curriculum. We relook at that, and instead of taking five days to teach, reteach, and reteach some more, we're going to teach that discrete math skill first on the first day. And then we're going to look at taking out two or three of those reteach days and substituting in a STEAM or an arts integration lesson that allows those students to apply what they've learned in the math class and the arts class in a new way. Because what that will do is it will cement the learning that the students have done and it will allow them to go beyond it. It will allow them to extend it so that's where that's where the integration happens. And when you're tight on a budget and you can't add anymore, you don't need any more money. That's just a matter of relooking at what you're currently doing and just substituting in something that would make more sense. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's awesome. And, and I'm, really, I'm really grateful for the way that you uh, explained that integration piece in terms of like, you know, how to work with what you got basically. And and one of the things you said, I think was a nice segue too, because I've been dying to ask you this question. And and I, I feel like I'm setting you up a little bit, maybe like an, for an alley-oop, but talk to me about how much arts, whether it be, you know, um, acting and, and singing and music in general, helps students in content areas that are not arts you know if they if it, they're not in an elective area taking band or chorus or orchestra or art or whatever other uh, classes they're able to take they're in a math class or they're in an ELA social studies how, how is that still helping them so um, there's a ton of research out there uh, that that will go into the specifics of this but essentially when we see teachers use arts integration and steam authentically we're seeing things like students who score 10 percent better on any kind of variety of tests that they're looking at for those discrete skills. We're seeing a decrease in student behaviors um, that are non-desirable behaviors. We're seeing a decrease in classroom management issues. We're seeing an increase for minority students and for special education students um, who are working in and through the arts in their classrooms. So there's a variety of benefits for actually integrating the arts. The, the sticking point comes when it, we're looking at time and the capacity of the teachers who are trying to implement it because it's scary, right? Uh, especially, and we all know people who are a little nervous. They're like, I can't sing in a bucket. I can't draw anything but a stick figure. And so um, how am I going to do this with my students, right? Because teachers have this feeling like they have to be the experts in the classroom when instead they can be the facilitators. And you can allow, step back just a minute and give the, the framework for students to allow them to become the experts. And I'm a big believer that everybody's creative, you know, and research supports that too, that creativity is embedded on our DNA. So uh, we can, it's just a matter of finding the access point for the teacher and for the students and then tapping into that um, in a meaningful way. It's, it's golden. The, the results are just phenomenal. I'm wondering too, because I think you're way more qualified than I am to answer this, but I feel like... There was a time a handful of years ago where school budgets and politics, the way they were, arts had started to be cut like crazy. <laughs> I feel like we're coming out of that a little bit. And I know, again, you said before, in an ideal world, we would have more arts classes and more elective areas. Uh, and that's obvious. That should be obvious. But again, budgets and politics, the way they are, are, have we come out of that a little bit? I mean, I know I worked in a district last year that cut arts and sports across the whole district mm -hmm. for like three or four years. Mm -hmm. And now it's being built back up. And, and actually, in some ways, it's stronger than ever. Is, is that the case everywhere? I, I don't know. What, where are we at right now in the state of arts education, I guess? Yeah. Um, that's a great question because it, it varies depending on where you are and how long things were cut. For example, in California, they were cut for like 25 years. And so in the whole state? out of that, yeah, coming out mm -hmm. of that is really challenging because then you 
then have teachers who are coming into the classroom who didn't have those classes. And so then the mentality is, well, I did okay without them. And so it's turning that ship around that takes a little bit longer. But honestly, uh, we are seeing a shift back into more of the arts because we have the research that supports it. Also, when we look at what happens in an economic downturn, schools are always three to five years behind in terms of budgeting, right? So in, when we had the economic downturn, it was it was cut for a while, right? But now that we've had the economic upswing for the last several years, schools are just now finally coming to the point where they're like, okay, now we can start adding things back in. So when we, and I understand that concern from arts educators, um, it's a fear that if we start to embed things like arts integration and STEAM, does that mean that the next round of budget cuts, that people are going to cut the art teachers or the music teachers in favor of holding uh, arts integration with teachers who are not certified to teach those areas? I get that fear, but honestly, you can't do these integrated pieces without the arts teachers. So it's one of those things that if we can build this up and we continue to document that research, um, arts teachers have a stronger hold, which is better for everybody. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. And I, and I don't know how, how many people out there would disagree. But, you know, unfortunately, sometimes uh, yeah. there are, are great factors that, that get in the way. But, um, you know, enough about that. I, I do think that on a positive note, in my experience, uh, it, it is back on the upswing and whether or not we're really there yet, wherever there is, um, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll be there soon. Uh, now, I did want to ask you something that you had mentioned or someone had mentioned in, in preparing for this interview was the 2020 State of Teaching Survey. So I'm intrigued by what that is and what it means. Can you speak to that a little bit? Of course. Yeah, we surveyed um, our audience and had about 5,000 responses from educators K through 12 um, on the state of education right now. We asked them a lot of different questions, including like, how much money do you spend out of pocket? How much money do you get for PD? How much time are you spending um, working outside of school hours? Those kinds of things, as well as asking them how they feel right now about what they're concerned about, what they're seeing, um, and how they want uh, what things they want people to know as educators. And so the results to that, some of them were surprising and some of them not so much. Um, in general, though, we're seeing a whole lot of teachers who are what we, we're calling DIYing their classrooms and, and their schools in that they're spending a lot of money out of pocket. They're spending a lot of time, a lot of extra resources of their own in order to try and make their learning environment more engaging. Now, um, just to be clear, are these arts teachers or are these, no, these, these are just teachers across, across the board? Classroom mm -hmm. teachers, arts teachers, um, even some administrators. So we're seeing across the board these kinds of trends. Um, another big trend is that while they're spending money out of pocket for PD, we're also seeing that schools are investing again in PD for teachers, which was a little bit surprising for us because one of the things we hear from teachers all the time is my school doesn't have money for that. And yet we're seeing schools that are spending comparable to what teachers are spending on their own PD to provide PD for their teachers. Um, but a concern for many teachers right now is the... Hey, you know what's a great way to get free PD? Ah, the podcast. You know, that is, that is interesting. Um, obviously, when, when teachers are saying we're having to, you know, make 
get, create our own PD, which I love, by the way. I mean, uh, there are definitely aspects of that that personalized learning that I think are, is really important. And and when teachers take ownership and and like empower themselves to keep learning, I think that's great. Um, but it is intriguing that the school districts are saying we're we're also investing more money in our teachers. So it's like, why if the teachers are investing more, are, is the school district also investing more? But listen to more podcasts because they're yeah. free. Anyway, I'm sorry. I cut you off. What else were you saying? That's great. No. And I think, um, I think we always need to look for free resources wherever possible. You know, 80% of what we produce is free for teachers because I was a classroom teacher. I know what that is. I know what it's like to try and DIY your teaching. But to your point of why are, why are we having teachers investing in their own PD if schools are also investing in it? One, I believe wholeheartedly that the transformation for somebody is in the transaction. I think you value something more when you can pay something for it, whether that's on your own or as a school. Also, teachers don't know where to ask for that funding or how to do it. They don't know necessarily that there's Title II and Title IV money available from ESSA, right? So they don't even think to ask. Or they look at something that's expensive for them right? And go, oh, my school would never pay for that. But to a school, that's a drop in the bucket of what they have available. So always ask. That's that's my tip. Always ask. You know what I mean? And then and if they say no, then get creative. You know, there are things like donors choose and there are additional sources that you can use to try and find that. And that was a part of the survey too, is that donors choose is really big. Teacher pay teachers. This is really surprising. Teacher pay teachers um, actually bumped up to one of the number one resources where teachers go for professional development now. That last year it was um, YouTube and Facebook and Pinterest, and then teacher pay teachers. This year there's a big shift that teachers actually are now moving over to TPT to trusting other teachers to provide them with PD that it matters to them, um, which I thought was interesting. And then the the other thing that was really interesting about that survey for us is the concern about technology with students and what that's doing for students as well as against students. Having all of that technology at their fingertips and not being able to relate interpersonally with each other. That's a big concern for teachers right now. And I think um, something that we can definitely dive into more deeply as the year progresses. That's a great point. Actually, I heard and I, I wish I remember whose podcast it was. I want to, you know what? I, I, I'm fairly certain, I'm like 95% certain. And I want to give a shout out to my friend, Kelly Croy, uh, amazing podcaster in his own right, did an episode recently where that was mentioned um, about how, you know, it can't be just old school uh, instructional techniques or new school techniques. It, it really should be and some old school with some new school. And when it comes to technology, I mean, it's called it, it, it's supposed to be called blended learning for a reason. You are right. blending the different instructional methods together. You're not just using one or the other. And so uh, I think that's a really valid point that, you know, uh, clearly teachers have a right to be concerned. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the concern is really only or mostly valid when it's one or the other. You know, I feel like if there is that, for lack of a better term, that integration, that that combination mm-hmm. of of old school, new school, low tech, high tech, uh, I think that's when you're more at ease. Teachers feel like, yeah, you know what, we're getting this now. And and I don't want to, you know, I guess just to bring the conversation back to the arts too. That that goes for the arts too. You know, and and 
for lack of a better term, teaching the whole child, which is something that uh, is mentioned more and more over the last couple of years and continues to be. So I think that's so much of what this conversation has been about. As we start to wrap up a little bit, what haven't I asked you about uh, in terms of your organization, your work, your experience that you'd, you'd want to share with our audience? Well, the Institute is for Arts Integration and STEAM is really there for any educator who is looking to integrate the arts and needs some really practical, relevant ways to do it. Um, one of the things that I'm a big proponent of is making sure that whatever you walk away with is something that you can implement right away. It's not something you just curate and stick in a file for someday. It's not something that's high level theory and you really don't understand how to put it into practice. And so one of our goals is that no matter what you consume on that site, whether it's one of our free resources or if it's in uh, the online membership community or whatever it is, that you walk away with something that you can implement immediately the next day in your classroom. That's really important to me. And I think that's something that we see as a trend across education right now. I think it's something that teachers obviously was in that survey. I think that comes up to the surface is that teachers are looking for things that are relevant and that aren't just, you know, theory and things that we have to try to think about, but are actually things that we can take and use with our kids. I think that's important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, if I were a classroom teacher or or even someone like me, who's in a a leadership or a coaching role or an administrative role, um, you know, I, I go to the Institute for arts integration and and I'm looking for resources. I want to get better at integrating the arts in my own class or I'm moving toward, uh, you know, more of educating the whole child. Like what do I find, you know, so that people aren't, searching for uh, for just anything when they get yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. So I would actually recommend starting in our library to make sure that this is something that you're that really aligns with your educational philosophy because I believe that everybody has one that's unique to themselves. Start there because that's where all of our 2000 articles and resources and everything are that you can start to sift through and see is this something that I'm I'm really interested in? And if so, then I would actually recommend going to the accelerator. The accelerator is our membership program, but what it actually is is the ability to to get curriculum, resources, and professional development in one spot. It's the trickiest thing when you're working in arts integration and STEAM because you get pieces here and there like, oh, I got this great strategy or, oh, I got this really cool resource. But then putting it together is tricky. Um, And that's where a lot of schools struggle. And so that's what the accelerator helps you do. It's a membership area with hundreds of other teachers who are putting it into practice. And so we provide it to you in a sequence that really is going to help you take that to the next level. Great. So listen, th- thank you so much. This has been a, a, an excellent conversation. Like I said, I was looking forward to it because of my passion for music and the arts and, and how much it did for me as a student and, and now as an educator. Um, I definitely appreciate how it is, you know, teaching the whole child and, and really, like we said before, how it helps not just when students take those classes, but also in their their content area. So that's why I really, uh, really enjoyed this conversation. But before we go, uh, let people know where they can find all those resources that you were just talking about, how they can connect with you or anyone else who's part of this arts integration mission that, that you're on here. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, you can find us at educationcloset.com. Um, and we're also on Twitter at Education Closet. So feel free to reach out. We uh, we would love to chat with you. Thank you so much for having me on, Dan. This is great. Thank you so much for being such an awesome host. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so yet, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. Also, if you enjoy the content shared on the show, 
please recommend this podcast to other educators, leaders, friends, or anyone you think would love listening and learning. I would also appreciate it if you would leave a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or whatever podcast app you use to listen. For more information about me or this show, head over to leaderoflearning.com. While you're there, you can also find the Leader of Learning blog, how to connect on social media such as Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Voxer, sign up for our newsletter, and even find out how to purchase Leader of Learning merchandise. Thanks again, and remember, no matter who you are or where you are, you too can be a leader of learning. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.